1: This is Monica Perez, waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on 95.5 WSB. And the true threats to our liberty this week have really... A lot less to do with impeachment than the policies that have come down, really without any kind of public debate, without any resistance from either side. The bipartisanship has been staggering, and that is not a good thing, despite what people might tell you. I, I'm going to get to some more calls, and, uh, but I just want to cover a few policy tidbits first. 750 800 1-800-WSP-TALK if you want to call. So, Binkley, hello. Hi. How are you? My Fantastic. here. Uh, there was such a funny tweet. You have to read that tweet to me if you can, if you know which one I'm talking about.
2: I do know which one you're talking about, and I'm pulling it up at the moment. It's from
1: Tim of the Tunnels.
2: Sir, Tim of the Tunnels. Yeah.
1: He, um, he tweeted, it, was, it really has to do with the USMCA. More and I had tweeted that the TPP, which everybody Trump was like, this is unfixable. We can't use that. It lifts fifty-seven percent of the actual text from the TPP to the USMCA, and and like ninety-five percent of the chapters are the are on the same wavelength, the same. Heading seventy two percent of the articles within those chapters are the same basic policy, but but more than half of it is actually the same words. So I tweeted that out, and I just loved Tim's response, which was what
2: I'm having a hard time finding it. (laughs)
1: Oh, okay, it's I got it right here. It says they might as well have given the. That had the TPP show up with nose glasses, <laughs> so like it wasn't even. you know, just have this image, like a Groucho Marx thing. Like you can't tell it's me because I'm wearing these nose glasses, but clearly it is definitely the same thing. And uh, and there's not there there's no putting lipstick on that pig. Let's <laughs> just take it one step further. But uh, but the but let's just talk about some of these policy issues. I want to get to the USMCA at five o'clock. And, but one of the big ones is the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, which I I pretty much always have a problem with it. It's always full of bad stuff. I think that's where you get like the FISA court reauthorization or the surveillance stuff gets reauthorized through that a lot of times or used to anyway. Now they've got their own, They're, they're codified ever since Edward Snowden told us, oh, by the way, the USA Patriot Act doesn't allow for this. So then we got the USA Freedom Act, which codified a lot of that stuff. I mean, this stuff is being institutionalized all the time. But the few things that were noteworthy about the NDAA, first of all, it passed the Senate 86 to 8. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Where is the anti-war left? It is a $738 billion bill. In in uh, It provides $738 billion of military spending. And I was looking at I always like to see how how much military spending like passes the sanity test. Let's say if us and our five closest or nine closest allies are equivalent or even double of what our 10 maybe most likely enemies spend if if us if our team spends twice as much as the other team and we're like freedom and have innovation and technology and you know all the great things that come with our system then twice should be enough the 738 billion now that's the 2019 number but compared to the 2018 there's a there's a list from the international institute for strategic studies of the top 15 defense spenders in the world in 2018 that 738 billion is more than everyone else on the list combined. So enemy, friend, whatever, of that top 15, we're number 1 and we are more than half of the of the total. So and then if you look at like 2018 to 2018 numbers, I think we're the same as like the next 10 combined and there are other studies that show this is just the NDAA. There are other elements that contribute to defense. Uh, spending. So our defense spending from calculations I've seen and made myself is more than everyone else in the world combined with whether we have allies or enemies or whoever side everyone else is on we're still spending more than them than they are. And there were a couple of other things in that bill. Uh, We created a U.S. Space Force as a sixth branch of the military. We uh, instituted 12 weeks of paid parental leave for federal workers, including if you're fostering. So you can have a baby, you can adopt a baby, you can foster. You only have to work there for a year, take the 12 weeks off, and then you can come back for 12 weeks. And And it was funny because it reminded me of an article I'd read maybe a while ago from the American Institute for Economic Research that said there's only three things that separate us from full-bore scandinavian style socialism which is universal child care paid family leave and single-payer health care and another huge policy issue that came down this week was that the supreme court said the mandate the individual mandate was unconstitutional and that means that uh your, so what happens is the mandate means everyone has to sign up for health care. But there's another element of Obamacare that you cannot be turned down for insurance if you have a pre-existing condition. So that's why they have to have everybody sign up. Because if you, if you don't, aren't required to sign up and you get to sign up only after you get sick, that would just bankrupt insurance companies. No one would sign up until they got sick. So there would be nobody paying the bills who isn't sick. It would just be you show up, you give the the insurance company your $1,000 premium, and they give you $100,000 worth of health care. It will bankrupt Obamacare. And then you'll have, that'll open the door to the single-payer system, which is the Trojan horse that Obamacare was meant to be. This did not get covered this week in the news, but they kind of repealed the mandate anyway. So it's happening. Uh, and then... The A couple of important things in the NDAA. One is we put sanctions against companies who are working on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline from Russia to Germany, getting gas from Russia to Germany. And that is none of our business. I mean, it is absolutely outrageous that we would interfere in the arm's length transactions of two sovereign nations in another continent. Uh, under the guy that we said it's a, it's a security threat to us. Well, everything's a and the butterfly's wings, of, you know, a thousand miles away is a threat <laughs> to something. It's it's a cronyistic thing. It, ha- it interferes with our otherwise inefficient, liquefied natural gas sales over there. I think a lot of, almost all of the Ukraine and Syrian stuff is about getting gas into Europe. And another big thing, the NDAA was actually, a whole article in the Wall Street Journal says the NDAA is designed to take uh, Assad out. It's for regime change in Syria, which kind of drives me crazy because if you look at Ukraine, you look at Egypt, you look at Malaysia, all these places that we've targeted for regime change, we have no business in those countries, but the people we are taking out are corrupt. You know, so I, it's like a little hard to defend them with Assad. I don't think that the, the he, his dad was called, his father was called bloody Assad, but he was putting down a Muslim brotherhood uprising in Homs. Like, and then we go in there, we take these countries out, and if they are locking up terrorists, we open their prisons, they come over here, and then we have to lose our rights. It's really, it's it's, uh, it's not cool.
2: Do they ever tell us who they're going to put in before they take someone out?
1: Instead, like when they put Morsi yeah. in instead of Mubarak in Egypt, and then they had to take Morsi out and put El-Sisi in, who used to work for Mubarak? That's, I mean... It, any they will anybody who will do what we tell them to do I think is pretty much what they're looking for. Okay, which is what I think they call you're corrupt and need to be uh, deasseted if you don't if you don't cooperate. But if you're Kolomoisky or his puppet Zelensky, then you're a freedom fighter and anything goes, you know. <laughs> It's a little kooky. so that uh, that covered some of the things in the in this week's policy roundup, and we can get to more after the break. I want to talk about these twelve huge uh, twelve huge spending bills. But first, I want to get to Larry in uh, Larry, if you're ready, I'm gonna put you on the air. Larry, you yep. are on with Monica. Hi Hi,
0: Monica. <clears throat> I just want to say that I think the greatest th- threat to the United States now, without a doubt, is not China, Russia, North Korea. I think it's the Democrats, you know? The American Democratic Party is doing more damage to this country than we've ever seen before. Can I you mean, be specific?
1: How... What? Please be specific. Tell me okay, what you well, think they're doing that's the worst. I, I'm not defending them. I'm just, I just want to get a little meat on that bone.
0: Okay, well, let's take a look at the, the whole year they've been trying to impeach Trump. Uh, was elected and which anybody could see that's the stupidest thing anybody could see if they do that that uh, you, you got to be nuts to think that that's correct
1: but are they and nuts that, are they stupid why would they do it you know what i'm saying i think they're a little more clever than that they've certainly been in the driver's seat for long enough to prove that they're not nuts or stupid i want to know what their game really is
0: well okay they want to hold on. or They want to have power. I mean, look at the people that are in the Democratic Party today, like the Shifty Shift and uh, the other guy and what they've done.
1: Adler. Uh,
0: you know, they, they they hide people down in the basement and you get stuff. Up. They won't even let the Republicans uh, question uh, people that uh, are really important. Uh, like that uh, whistleblower, they wouldn't let him talk to him, you know, and we know that shift uh, spoke to him, and he says, "No, I didn't talk to him, okay And another thing I think the American people have to understand the uh, the president uh, doesn't take any money for himself, so when uh, when the Democrats say that uh, what he's done with uh, the Ukrainian situation is to uh, uh, make himself uh, richer the guy don't need it number one and he could beat uh anybody in the democratic party now hands down he doesn't have to do anything that's that's really screwed up you know
1: yeah i mean i i don't know i'm not sure he's as rich as he portrays himself to be i do think that the democrats play a totally different game when it comes to that level of corruption i think if anybody is corrupt in this issue with ukraine and the impeachment everything it is that that the subject of the call in the first place what was going on with biden and burisma but if the if the democrats want if you if you're right and what they want is to hold on to power and what they're doing is the absolute what looks to be the absolute opposite of that because they are stupid i think or crazy i i don't think that makes sense i think they are I think they have; a, they're playing a game, and I think they're going to get what they want. And I think they're patient. I think they are the side that started uh, the whole concept of incrementalism: just be patient, set your goal, take it step by step. I think that they're going to get more of what they want. I and I'm trying to put together the puzzle of how exactly that's going to work. But really, where I'm at right now is that I think he Trump has been rubber stamping their stuff. Certainly this week. And he will give them cover for 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 policy that is clearly against American interests, such as a war, deficit spending, that kind of thing, uh, by making him look inexperienced or stupid or whatever, blame the trade thing. And the, and the funniest, the most interesting tell, in my opinion, is that the trade deal that he cut is so bad, it's just an extension of the TPP, absolutely, that... that and, and that his opening salvo, his thing that he, his hook, the thing that got people attached to him was that he said TPP is not fixable. We're going to redo all these trade deals and there's going to be a new boss in town here, a new regime. And Wall Street Journal is, is echoing that, but it's not true. And now I'm beginning to fear that my worst fears of this all being kind of a bait and switch are actually coming true so anyway i can take some more calls after the break or you can tweet at me at monica perez show
0: monica perez everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye on 95.5 wsb atlantis news and talk i know
1: your trees at night finish up this conversation about the impeachment although if if you want to add to the conversation about that or any of these policy issues we're talking about Feel free to call 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And I'm going to take a call. I'm going to go to John. Hi, John. You are on with Monica.
3: Hey, How Monica. How you doing this evening? Good. How are you? Oh, just fine. I'm not going to go, you know, ride everybody, the whole coattail thing about the Democrats are doing this and that. My My question to you is, Is there not an avenue, I mean, it's obvious Nancy Pelosi's abusing her power and obstructing justice by holding on to these articles. Is there not a legal avenue to force her to send them over or just toss them in the trash?
1: I don't think the process for impeachment is really well laid out. I think it's not really meant to be like as ordinary a thing as they're pushing around. I feel like they were all abusing power, though. I think the whole thing was one-sided and nebulous. When well, something is totally partisan like that, you have to, you really have to proceed with caution.
3: Well, I, I mean, I can see that. She's, you know, it, it, it reminds me, the first thing that went through my mind was she was going to hold these articles until she could see what the Senate was going to do if, about running a fair trial, I remember her standing up there holding a packet for Obamacare talking about you got to vote it in before you can read what's in it. Yeah. I mean and that's and kinda, then it's, when she, it's good for everybody else but not her.
1: And when she passed Obamacare got it passed to credit for getting it passed knowing that people were going to lose their seats in the house that the American people did not want it. She like no. laughed. She cackled. There's
3: There is absolutely nothing affordable about that. I have zero insurance right now. I had a knee replacement. I tried to get insurance, they want eleven hundred dollars a month, and I gotta be out of pocket twenty thousand dollars before the insurance kicks in. Oh
1: my gosh. Well, you know
3: I mean, pre existing conditions they say that, but your out of pocket expense, I mean it's cheaper for me to pay cash for the knee and pay the penalty on my taxes.
1: Well, that, that kind of thing, to me, is a way that they are going to excuse this idea that we have to have single-payer health care. It's awful. For me, anyway, if it's a welfare state that you want, then just subsidize the people who can't afford their own, own health care. Why make everybody do the same kind? It's like, obviously... Baloney. One thing totally off topic I wanted to update people on was this Lori Lachlan news. She uh her her lawyers filed documents that said exactly what what I had gleaned from just reading the FBI affidavit itself, which is she was tricked by this guy, Rick Singer. She meant to give a totally legitimate uh contribution to this foundation and that the feds were I didn't know they were doing this but they were withholding information to her that was exculpatory it was clear that they weren't presenting it fairly but I didn't know they were doing that That's serious allegations so that the plot's thickening on that I want to get to those 12 spending bills right after the break and I'm going to get to the USMCA at the top of the hour this is Monica Perez. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at 95.5 WSB. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk.
2: I'll have a blue
1: Christmas without you. I'll be so blue thinking about you. Christmas tree won't mean a thing dear if you're not here with me. Ah, thank you for that. Lovely, willy tune. Appreciate that. It really is putting me back in the Christmas spirit, I'll tell you. The news does not put me in the Christmas spirit, but somebody has got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, Binkley? I it's think so. uh we've got to do it, but this day, I would like to just talk about my wonderful Christmas cocktails, which call to me. They're a little weak. It's not like I'm going home and like whatever. Pass no, they're weak the cocktails. They're kind of weak <laughs> because they're they're like full of juice and sugar. And like I had last night I was cooking cinnamon syrup and putting like Douglas fir brandy in a I mean, it's basically lemonade spiked with whatever limeade. But it's very fun. And you can even follow me on Twitter on that. At, it's at mixesmonica. You can see all my delicious cocktails. But I do spend most of my time trying to figure out what's happening in the world. And I actually do not like having to dig into the policy stuff. It's very boring. And I'm, I don't have no hope. Like in the wor- in, in you know, for humanity or my soul or any of that. I just don't have a lot of hope that that the two-party system that we have and the policies that we put in place are really going to stop this train from kind of going in this new direction. I really feel like we are, all these different pieces are coming together to undermine our fundamental rights and protections, to undermine our national sovereignty, to to bankrupt this country. And the thing is, like, I kind of realized or concluded that, even this, the American experiment, they told us, they gave us the Articles of Confederation first then kind of swapped it out with the Constitution, which wasn't great. Then we got the Bill of Rights to kind of make up for it. But if you look at our the American experiment, it almost had the seeds of its own destruction in that Constitution because it really did lend itself to the myth that we have now. And I, I don't feel like these little policy debates really get you anywhere. I think you have to just, if you're going to save the experiment, first thing you have to do is is restore the Bill of Rights generally. But the first one I would restore is the Tenth Amendment, so which is about states' rights. So we could at least bring it back home and try to get a grip on it. But we don't. So I don't tend to, to spend a lot of time on the policy stuff. Because whether it's the the Democrat policy or the Republican policy, those are your, your options, right? And this shows you exactly what they both really want. Because all this stuff that came down this week was hardcore bipartisan, the NDAA, the spending bills, the USMCA. I mean, just everybody voted for it. Everybody votes for debt and globalism and provocations to foreign countries and war. Like, that, they're all... That's that's their They're toasting that. But they're with the spending stuff, it's happening. There's you're not turning that around. But the USMCA, we might be able to stop. So let me finish the just tell you a little bit of what was in these spending bills. And then we can talk about the USMCA. Am I going to bore you if I keep going with the the spending bills frankly?
2: No, those are fascinating spending <laughs> bills. They're, they're the most well, important things.
1: Well, you try This is what I think is really interesting about it is that almost everything that the federal government spends is mandatory or interest on debt anyway. So these spending bills when you see a 1.4 trillion dollar spending bill, it's almost entirely deficit spending. Yeah. And I and if you ever like dig into where money really is in the federal government, I really believe, like, the more you look at, you can go to websites or whatever else, so, like, oh, apply for government grants, you know? And the government grant is, like, how to, to plantain reproduction behavior in Peru, like, $50,000 to study that, you know? What? Like, yeah. the, the grants are kind of kooky. So I look at that, and I think, well, the only thing that really makes sense about all of this, because, frankly, we are the richest society ever, and you can't, it's, like, doesn't, it's not possible really for an organism or or all the organism's net to consume more than they produce like there's no this debt makes no sense at all like we can definitely get along by just consuming what we produce in real time and there's no reason to borrow from the future at all so why do we do it i think it's to actually hand over the country and the money to the bankers to the debt like the fed is the worst thing the um, there's just no reason for us to have these huge interest bills and our interest rates are at for this far out into an expansion. And un- I'm sure it's unprecedented. I haven't double checked, but it has to be unprecedented in the modern era to have low, such low interest rates, this far into an expansion. And when interest rates do eventually go up and we have every 1% that, the interest rate goes up when you have a debt that's more than the productivity of the country every one percent is one percent right off the top of the productivity of this country I mean that's how much it's going to cost so you have 23 trillion dollars and you have a a 10 percent interest rate which you're not going to have but you have a five percent interest rate which is kind of normal that's a trillion dollars just in interest so I don't see how we're going to get out of it This these spending bills, this is what shuts down the government is that and and the big problem with Obama was that we could not the Republicans wouldn't sign off on his budget. He wouldn't sign off on theirs. So they had they finally compromised on the sequester, which was capping spending. And it took the Republicans to bring in Trump and throw that out the window. So now these spending bills are one point four trillion dollars in total. It's a trillion dollars in deficits for the foreseeable future. And there were a few little interesting things in there. One is that the wall funding stayed the same, a mere one point four billion. so Trump is reallocating other stuff to it, but he went he went to the mat on this previously, so I don't know why this is the time he decides that everything's hunky dory when the Democrats are truly out to get him then uh It also has something that people hadn't noticed. It raises the tobacco age to 21. Did you catch that, Binkley? Did you notice that?
2: I did see that.
1: Yeah, that was in the spending bill. That was not a separate thing. And uh, so this is in response to the underage bootleg vaping illnesses. So how do you think that this will help underage bootleg vaping sicknesses?
2: Oh, I mean, they'll obviously stop it because it's illegal, right? That prevents all people from breaking laws.
1: Right. I mean, that's the, the first pass. But if you actually even deep dig a little deeper, you'll realize that if the bootlegging is the problem, making the legal stuff inaccessible will increase the instance of bootlegging. So say it was 18. Say the law was the, the age was 18. So only people under 18 would be bootlegging because everybody else can just buy it. Yeah. So now it's twenty one, so now everyone between eighteen and twenty-one will bootleg because they can't buy it.
2: And the epidemic they were talking about was high schoolers anyway, who most of whom are under eighteen. Underage
1: already. But the also I object to the fact that the federal government is making laws like this. It is strictly a tenth amendment thing. And the way drinking age went up to twenty one was they tied it to the interstate freeway maintenance funds. So who you know you, you sell your soul when you take that federal money you really really do I yeah. mean they shouldn't do that Not to mention those highways bring foreign subsidize the transportation of foreign goods into your town to compete with you so it's not it's not free trade it's subsidized they're taking all the money and they're subsidizing infrastructure which facilitates outside access to you that That they would not, that you would at least have a hometown advantage for your factory or your farm if this completely removed entity didn't steal everybody's money and build a road right to your thing. And it's just like, oh, where did that container truck full of cheap produce come from? It's like, oh, well, transportation is now free. So sorry. It's just, it's just, just trying to inject a few libertarian principles. Well,
2: they slide things in on the back of those other bills all the time, and because there are thousands of pages, you never read them, you never know about them until it's too late.
1: Yes, and these things are all in there. Most of it is in these things, and one of them is uh, they are allocating, and this is this is a break from a decades-old moratorium on this stuff they're giving the cdc and the national institute of health 25 million dollars to study gun violence yes and we were never that was a that was a hard one thing republicans did not want that or whatever republican voters gun rights advocates did not want that especially the, their worst nightmare came true in that they're giving the money not to the gun owners of america to do studies but to u.s federal government entities So if the Second Amendment is there to protect us from an overreaching federal government and all these studies are going to tell us that the Second Amendment is an intolerable public health risk, it would have a lot more plausibility if it was was some at at least there were balancing studies. At least you could give the gun owners of America the money and the access, not just the money, but it's the fact that they're going to be able to conduct these experiments, which perhaps there are they need some kind of access to universities and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's like $25 million to find a predetermined outcome, to do research to support a predetermined outcome.
1: Yes, and actually that reminds me of a Wall Street Journal article I read, it was probably a couple of years ago, where the CDC was busted for asking, I think it was Seagram's or some liquor company, they asked them to do a study proving that liquor was not bad for you. (laughs) right so why would the cdc and my the only plausible explanation in my mind is that whoever funneled the cdc money to seagrams was personally getting a kickback like that's i don't know but like i can't think of any other reason and the guy's explanation was well if you know what the answer is you might as well get the person whose interests are aligned with you it's like well why are you doing the study if you know what the answer is yeah Exactly. It was so screwy. But yes, yeah, so I assume that they know what the answer is before they put their, the money into it. It's it's a little messed up. But that I think are all those health studies are conducted by people in industry. And they, of course, cannot be they, they just it's not even that they screw up the studies it's that they're only going to give you the answers to the studies that, you know, then they bury the ones that they don't like. So assuming yeah. that's Some where pe- the incentives are.
2: Some create their own academic institutes or their own scientific institutes oh, yes. and create studies. No,
1: what was it, like the Trump golfing award that Trump won every year?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Rockefeller Foundation does a lot of it. They just create a scientific oh, really? institute and then, yeah.
1: Oh, that's interesting because they seem so above board, but they're not. Uh, okay, so we can do a few more calls, and there's just a couple more things in this spending bill, but then I know everybody's waiting Four. I've gotten so many tweets and requests to like b- dig into the USMCA that I will do it next to the point where you can uh, give it. You're going to want to share it with friends when we've put it up on podcast. All right. So give me a call if you want 800 WSB talk. or You can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. It's like everything I've been brought up to believe was all made of bull. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. So a couple more things that are in this spending bill, and then I'm going to go to some calls. Uh, Just two, really. One is that they're allocating $425 million to election security, and it goes to the states. It doesn't have a lot of strings attached, but they're mostly using it for cybersecurity, for new equipment, for voter registration revamps for election audits and for communications which i don't know exactly what that means but there's some big money for that and i just fear that elections are headed to be federalized and then it's not it's not who you vote for it's who counts the votes and it's going to be from the big cities and when you make the new york and la not be able to control their own social services by making their state and local taxes not tax deductible when they take complete control over the country their systems will be federal that salt tax is that lack of a deduction for salt taxes is, is people think it's no big deal i think it's a very bad sign also uh this As far as this spending bill might affect your 401k and that it encourages annuities in there. And also it accelerates how fast you have to liquidate if you inherit a 401k. So that's it. That's the meat of the matter. I don't usually go into policy, but nobody else is talking about it.
2: (laughs) They passed a lot of stuff while we've been focused on impeachment.
1: A lot of stuff. You should go. What I did was I went to the congressional like vote roll call. And it shows every day all the things they vote on. And I was looking at it, and so much of it was like overwhelming. Like, vote, everybody voted for this, <laughs> a few people. And it's like, those are the ones I looked at. I was like, that's where the bad stuff is. So
2: much agreement going on, yet publicly, so much yeah, disagreement. Yeah, because the
1: only thing they agree on is when something is in the liberal fascist center, when something is both warfare and welfare. We can have everything. Nobody ever comes together for what's neither. <laughs> anyway, but I have a couple of calls, and I want to get to both of them before the break. So let me go to Larry. Larry, you're on with Monica.
0: Yeah, Monica, you asked me before what the Democrats uh, are causing problems in the United States. and My main thing is this. Uh, how much could the United States, uh, uh, how much better off would they be with $262 billion? Uh, would that help uh, the American economy? What 262? do you mean? What, well, what is in other words, Trump asked Pelosi for $5 billion for the southern border wall, and now it's costing, uh, if you go to uh, One American News, they're showing every day how much it's costing because we have uh, the people in the country that shouldn't be here. It's costing $262 billion.
1: That's a really hard number to get to, though. I, it's very difficult. I mean, even telling how many immigrants are, I mean, to to get yeah. down to the two, like 262, you know what I'm saying? I'd have to yeah, really Monica, One, dig one in. last point. Yeah, go, go. go for it. Go for it.
0: Go for it. One last point. Yeah. Uh, they're saying that Trump tried to enrich himself. Now, he's a billionaire and he gives away his salary every year. Uh, he doesn't take his salary. Now, how is he trying to enrich himself? Uh, with this fiasco that just happened, uh, you know, uh, that they're trying to that they try to impeach her over with that telephone call to. Uh, yeah, I to don't
1: listen. I don't believe for a minute that he is trying to enrich himself with that phone call at all. What I what I think they should have focused on, if that's what they cared about, was that his I think that his absolute number one asset, I really don't think he was a billionaire. Maybe still isn't. I read a book by Tim O'Brien called Trump Nation, I think. And the author accused Trump of not being as rich as he said he was. And uh, Trump sued him, but dropped the suit. And I I think for good reason. Anyway, but he got this Washington, D.C. post office, a 99-year lease for this hotel that is just Prince money. And it is illegal for an elected official to own that lease. So they could get into that. I don't understand why they don't get into the real meaty stuff that's papered up, but yes, I, I'm not uh, accusing them of self enrichment. They shouldn't let them get away with it. Yet they do. Why? Because they want this sideshow. They want it to be ambiguous. So it goes on forever. And I think that, that, that makes me believe that what's going on is a little higher level than all of this, that it's really not about partisan bickering. I want to get Reggie in just a real quick one. Hey, Reggie, what you got,
0: I got, I got just one question for you. Do you think that the mainstream, mainstream media, news media, has what we like to call refer to as Trump derangement syndrome, or is it just me?
1: I think they absolutely do. I hate to say that, but I think a third of the people have Trump derangement syndrome. A third of the people are just uh, MAGA do or die. And then the people in the middle might actually take back the control of this election. And the real question is, do they like what the Democrats are doing or do they not like it could backfire right after the break USMCA this is Monica Perez